Welcome, welcome in. Hope you guys are doing well. It has been a while since we've done an episode of Farzcast. Welcome in. I'm Farzine Vasugi, and hope you guys are doing well. Uh, like I said, been a while since I've last done one of these. Uh, honestly, I cannot remember who the last guest was that I had on. I, I'm i sure you guys can see it right off the podcast page, but... Uh, I just can't recall right now because uh, I don't have that podcast page right in front of me. Uh, I've got my uh, recording screen right in front of me, so that's what I have on. Uh, appreciate you guys making time for the podcast. Hope you guys uh, are staying safe. All that good stuff here in the uh, all the craziest that's going on. I did want to do a podcast a couple of weeks ago before I left for my vacation uh, because Facebook does give you a new ability to post your podcast. I know a lot of people who follow me on Facebook uh, not every single one of them are aware of the podcast or listen to it, so maybe uh, this new feature uh, will uh, help uh, have more listeners for the podcast. Hey, why not, right? Um, but I know um, I was trying to get a podcast uh, a couple of weeks ago, just never really got around to doing it, just kind of got caught up in all the uh, craziness, everything I've got going on, plus packing for the trip. Uh so I never got a chance to do a podcast before then. It's been on my mind to do one. Don't get me wrong. I haven't forgotten about this. But someone was even asking on one of my Facebook live streams. Uh, but nonetheless, here we are. Uh, I am going to record this and upload it everywhere else as well as Facebook. And hopefully a lot more people who follow me on Facebook that may not be subscribed to the podcast on Apple, Google, Spotify, wherever. Amazon, all those good places. They'll be able to catch the podcast on Facebook. That is an option that should be available very, very soon. All right, a lot of things I want to talk about on this episode. Obviously, my Chiefs are off to a shit start, so we'll talk about that. Plus, some activity that's been happening at Arrowhead. Not on the field, but in the stands as well. Something that kind of upset me, and I want to speak up on that. The John Gruden story, everybody is talking about that. Then, uh, as you might imagine, that has gotten political because all this talk about cancel culture has come into play. Oh boy, right? So we'll talk about that. And plus some of the reactions. I think some of the... There's one person out there that has put out somewhat of a valid complaint about this. And I want to address that. Uh, John Jones from the UFC, uh, dude, what are you doing in trouble once again? I kind of want to touch on that, plus a few other things. Uh, I, I do have a question about this pandemic, too, that I want to bring up, uh, later on, uh, in the podcast. So, a lot of things to get into, so let's get right into it. Obviously, the Chiefs, you guys all, uh, follow me mostly for my Chiefs content. Man, they're off to a terrible start. They're 2-3, and three. nobody saw that coming, last place in the AFC West, and, boy, uh, where do you start with this team? Uh, the defense is terrible. I, I, listen, they've, as bad as they've been, they did do some things in this Bills game, and specifically in the second half, to limit the Bills' offense and give the Chiefs opportunities to get back into the into the game. But, unfortunately, uh, that never happened. Uh, the Bills just completely spanked the Chiefs on Sunday Night Football. I mean, you, that rain delay just pretty much delayed the inevitable for, what, an hour and a half? I mean, that was not fun to watch. Not fun to watch at all. Uh, look, uh, if you're Andy Reid, this is probably one of the most challenging coaching jobs you have. And a lot of people will say, well, what about 2015 when it was 1-5? Yes, I know that. But this is a team with actual talent. And I, I'm not saying the one, the team at 1-5 didn't. But we are talking top-tier talent. Like, the Super Bowl is the standard every time with this Chiefs team. So, to see them struggle like this. Struggling is one thing. Struggling like this with the turnovers. They co-lead the NFL in turnovers with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Let me repeat that and process that for a moment. They co-lead the NFL in turnovers. That's how bad it is. If you look at Mahomes, he leads the NFL in touchdown passes, but he's third in interceptions. The two guys above him are both rookies. So, and I know some people are going to say, well, it's not all Mahomes' fault. He's had a couple of tipped passes. Yeah, that's true. But every quarterback that has a lot of interceptions, some of them are tipped as well. Uh, so that, I mean, 
that happens to every quarterback. Uh, you go to the end of the year, and you look at all the starting quarterbacks that have at least seven, eight, nine, ten interceptions. I mean, the very, very good ones have very few. Mahomes, I think, had six last year. He already has six this year. Um, they all have at least one interception that was tipped. So uh, that happens to everybody. I think here's a simple f- solution. You got to fix the turnovers. Because if you do that, listen, I, I, the defense isn't great. I don't understand this whole Dan Sorensen thing. He's getting all the snaps. And the, the guy behind him who has started has to, quote, earn his way back, according to the defensive coordinator. Uh, Steve Spagnuolo makes no sense. But if you just solve the turnover woes on offense, that'll help your defense. Nobody's saying this. Uh, but that will help. A good offense helps a good defense and vice versa, right? We've heard that so many times in football. All you have to do is take care of the football. Your defense is not going to have to be there suffering when it comes to time of possession. And that'll go that, that, that'll go a long way for both the offense and the defense, especially the defense, I think. Are they going to be perfect? No, they'll still allow a lot of yards, but they're not going to surrender so many big plays. And now part of it is I think you got to make some adjustments <laughs> at the safety position there, but... Man, you've still got so much talent. Like, if there's a team that can turn it around, it is this Chiefs team, right? You got the best uh, trio in the NFL of quarterback, uh, wide receiver, and tight end. They may not be playing like it right now, but they're still the ideal group that can help turn things around at the end of the day. So, there's some optimism there. The they, the only concern I have is, with the way they have been struggling, the schedule is not getting any easier they have the second hardest schedule for the remainder of 2021. So, and look, I, I'm not so concerned about the schedule. I'm just concerned with the way they're playing and how they're going to play against some of these tough opponents because they played some playoff caliber, a lot of playoff caliber teams. Next couple of games got to be a little easier. I think the biggest challenge you've got is Derrick Henry, but I suppose you don't want to get too confident because you felt that way about some of these other teams as well that you have recently played. So, We'll see how it pans out for the Chiefs because I think they're, uh, you know, let me add one more thing. I think part of it is overconfidence. I've always said that in sports, all of sports, when a top five ranked team loses to an unranked team in college, well, I think part of it is because of overconfidence. Overconfidence is a pretty big, like, like mentality, the mentality for sports teams, that's a thing. It really is. And whether or not you're confident or maybe too confident, I think that can play a role. And I think they, maybe that's been a part of it with this Chiefs team as well. Because the, the players were talking about 20-0 before the season. And you've already lost three games. So the talk and the chatter about 20-0 does make you look a bit foolish now. Okay, maybe not a bit, a, a lot, when you talk about wanting to go undefeated. So, look, you're not going 20-0, obviously. So just figure out... All the shit you have on offense with the turnovers. And I think that'll help the defense in some way. So I think the Chiefs will be fine. But, man, you just got to work on those turnovers. And you got to fix them real fast. Uh, By the way, it's not just the players who are having a rough time this year in Kansas City. Dude, what's going on with the fans at Arrowhead, man? This is the second home game in a row. We've committed four turnovers each game. That's bad. There's also been uh, some action in the stands uh, against the Chargers after the game. There was an all-out brawl. Uh, You had one guy knock out another, and another person got involved and kept firing away with punches on the guy who was knocked out. That's not a cool thing. Uh, I mean, violence at the start is not cool to begin with. So that was just kind of weird seeing that happen. And then there were two, I guess, super fans. Look, I know nothing about these people. I've, I've, I've seen them dress up out and about and all, but I'm not going to go into the detail because, honestly, I don't give a shit. Um, this has been... The, the, the fight that happened with after the Chargers game, that got talked about, but only for like a day or two. This one's getting talked about a bit more because I guess these are two super fans, recognizable fans, who evidently have some very big personal beef. Again, 
I, I've seen tweets about it. I don't care. These are two grown-ass men who, first of all, need to handle it outside of Arrowhead and preferably on a non-violent mean, but they ended up doing it uh, another way uh, anyway. Um, and, and listen, I heard something about one guy throwing a water bottle at his wife, so he had to come to his defense. I, I can understand that part, but unfortunately, at the end of the day, Fans outside of Kansas City are going to watch that video, which has gone viral, and they're going to say, wow. <laughs> Again, like, another big fight caught on film at Arrowhead. Like, those things always go viral. So, unfortunately, that's uh, what a lot of people see with our fan base right now. A lot of fights. And I, and I know what people are going to say. It's only been a few uh, people. It's a very, very small percentage. I know that. But sometimes with things like this, it takes just one or two people to make everybody else look bad. It does. I hate to say it, but it's true. Um, listen, there are fights happening at a lot of stadiums right now. Full capacity, baby. We're back. Uh, but you know what? It just takes a couple idiots, uh, whether they've been drinking or they're just angry, they're worked up because of the scoreboard, whatever it is. Uh, I, I, you, listen, I can't comprehend paying all that money for uh for parking for ticket the chiefs have been so good lately like they've got one of the hottest ticket prices in the nfl right now so you're paying all that money for food drinks all that stuff just to get into a fight and end up in handcuffs possibly banned from the stadium for life that's not good that is not good Let's be better about that, man. I mean, there are kids. Listen, the last time I was at Arrowhead, it was in 2015. Uh, that was the uh, Chiefs-Broncos Thursday night game, the one where Jamal Charles fumbled. Dude, I saw dozens of fights. I'm like, why? Why are you killing each other over what? Like, because you had too many drinks or you like different teams? I, I don't I don't get it, man. I really don't get it with these people. That's why the home viewing experience is so much more enjoyable for me. That's one reason why, man. I mean, I like listening to the broadcasters, seeing the replays in an organized manner, hearing their thoughts, whereas when you're at the stadium, you don't always get that, and maybe you have to open up Twitter or Facebook to see what exactly is being discussed. Um, but another big reason, man, is just people are acting like idiots, at these games, um, and it's not just fights. So, yeah, listen, the, the, when I, the game I'm referring to that I attended, I'll never forget this. Um, there, were, there was a group of three sitting to my right. They got up to go get drinks, food, whatever. All of a sudden, and by the way, this is like the third or fourth quarter. I see a man and his daughter. Uh, the daughter looks like she's about eight, nine years old, somewhere around there. And they're sitting in their spots. And listen, I mean, who the hell am I to tell them to get out? It's not my seat. Uh, but I knew what was going to happen. They were going to be asked to get the fuck out because those seats are are taken. So those three people I mentioned come back and they say, hey, these are our, our seats. What the hell? So the guy gets up with his daughter and they turn around and he's looking for another area that's got at least two seats. And he points to her and says, let's go there. Dude, sit at your fucking seat. I mean, you you're, you entered the stadium, so surely... I, I Listen, I am 99% positive Arrowhead doesn't have standing room only. So, uh, I mean, you have to have a seat somewhere. Sit there in your seat. Uh, instead, you're dragging your daughter around with you, and she's going to think this is okay behavior, and she's going to be doing this when she's a teenager or a young adult when she goes with friends. Uh, I mean, that's unfortunate. Like, that's that's the reality, right? You learn from your parents, these kinds of things. Uh, but the fight's been way worse. I mean, you've got kids in the area who see that, and parents have to shield them, and you have to explain to your kids about alcohol and when people abuse alcohol, what happens? All this shit, man. And, and it's just ridiculous that people uh, resort to this kind of activity. So be better about it, man. Be better about it. All right, let's talk about this because everybody is talking about this. Some people very angry. Some people very happy. There's no in-between. There's hardly an in-between about this. Okay, uh, John Gruden, he is no longer the head coach of the Raiders. He resigned. Some think he... Was Forster resigned? Okay, all right. I mean, they probably did because they if he quits, 
by rule, they don't have to pay him that massive, hefty contract. So this is probably a good thing if you're a Raiders fan, because let's be honest, for a guy who was getting $10 million a year, you weren't making any progress. You were not finishing above 500 with this guy. So in a way, this is kind of a good thing for a team perspective, but you now obviously don't, you don't want it to happen in this manner, right? But John Gruden, a lot of emails have been leaked, and there were a lot of racist and homophobic comments. Now, when we first heard about this, it was more of a racist comment made about Damari Smith, and I guess a comment about Roger Goodell. And those comments were from 10, 11 years ago, and a lot of people are really hooking on to the, oh, it was 10, 11 years ago. No, there have been more recent updates, more uh, or, uh, new updates, I should say, more recent emails that have come in now. So it's not just 10, 11 years ago. These are as recent as 2018 for now, for now. Who knows if we will hear about more of these soon. But, uh, I mean, even if it was 10, 11 years ago, the guy was 48 years old when he did that. And he's still talking about people in this manner and is using racist and homophobic slurs. Why? I mean, there's no reason for that. And I know a lot of people are not defending what he's saying, but then there's this whole, oh, cancel culture and free speech and his rights have been violated. Folks, please stop. Free speech, there is nowhere, for, for people who want to talk to me about the First Amendment and free speech, I will, here, listen, I ask these questions on Facebook and a lot of people get very, very, very uncomfortable about it. I'll make you a deal. Prove me wrong on this, but, and if you do prove me wrong, I will shut down all my social media. With that said, find me where in the constitution it says that the first amendment, free speech protects you from suffering consequences, right? I mean, let's start from a more simplistic point of view. If you are in a relationship and or let's even back it up. Like maybe you're not, you're not even in a relationship. You're just trying to get to know someone. You're on a date, second date, third date, whatever. And the person you're trying to get to know says something absurd and you don't like it. Well, then you know, what you do is you cut them off. That's a very simplistic example. If you know of someone, if you have a friend or a coworker that you hear them say something you don't like. Well, you're going to distance yourself from that person, right? Now we get into professional territory here where you do have people who have lost their jobs because of things they have said. Like Larry Johnson, for example, former Chiefs running back. Did a great job in, in Kansas City for a couple of years, but... He went on Twitter and he had a lot to say about his coach. He got into arguments with fans, used some homophobic slurs, and the Chiefs weren't very fond of that. So Chiefs fans created a uh, a petition to get rid of him, had more than 75,000 online signatures, and the Chiefs did admit that did play a role in wanting to release him and throwing him off the team. People were talking about cancel culture back then. Nobody said anything about cancel culture. You guys may know of Dr. Laura Schlesinger. Dr. Laura Schlesinger, um, longtime radio host. Uh, she is a psychotherapist who basically gives advice on the radio. Uh, she has been doing this for a very, very, very long time. Uh, generations upon generations. Uh, she got into some hot water because a black woman called complaining that her husband, who was white... Uh, the husband and his family members, they make black jokes. And when Dr. Laura heard that, she goes, what do you mean by that? Because when you turn on HBO and you listen to a black comedian, you hear the word and she repeats the N word three times consecutively. And when the woman complains about that, Dr. Laura repeats the same thing, saying that same racial slur three times consecutively. And so that got her removed from the, uh, from the airwaves. It's like, are we really going to call that cancel culture? By the way, I say this and people get very upset 
If you remember in January of 2020, Joe Rogan had Bernie Sanders on his podcast, who uh, Democrat candidate uh, a couple of times came close to being the uh, Democratic nominee for uh, the uh, presidential election. He, uh, Joe Rogan, that is, uh, after having Sanders on his podcast, he endorsed Bernie Sanders. My God, man, the world was on fire. People, a lot of conservatives were upset because Rogan does have a lot of power. He has a lot of say. People listen to what he has to say. Uh, when he told people what his method was for fighting COVID, people just went ahead and, and took his advice. Why? Because they like him. He's got a massive reach. Got a massive audience. Uh, when he endorsed Bernie Sanders, a lot of conservatives were angry and they were actually trying to shut down his podcast. Listen, is cancel culture a thing? Sure. But both sides are very guilty of it. But this right here with John Gruden is not cancel culture. This is a guy who said some really unforgivable and offensive things. And please, by the way, do not talk about a mistake was made. He's not perfect. No, oh, I'm not perfect either. And I've made mistakes too. My mistakes are... Okay, maybe, you know, I showed up a few minutes late to work. Maybe there was something I did at work that was done incorrectly. Uh, nothing, you know, completely uh, th that would destroy the business, but that kind of thing, all right? My mistakes are not on a consistent basis saying homophobic and racial slurs here. By the way, we got to have a pretty serious conversation about this because people are talking about some people's past and what they tweeted or, or posted on social media on Facebook when they were younger. And I'll get into that in a moment because there are some valid points here and I do have something to say about that. Um, you know, I don't know how many of you guys are familiar with the Raiders. Go listen to a Mike Mayock's uh, press conference that he did this week. My, uh, the general manager of the Raiders. He talked a lot about what this franchise stands for. This is a franchise that had uh, the first female front office employee. This is the first franchise that had a uh, Latino uh, quarterback. This is a franchise that have had a lot of minorities be the first at their positions. So the Raiders pride themselves very well on diversity. And look, I'm a Chiefs fan. I hate the Raiders all the way. Uh, I, I like. It. I think it's cool they're in Vegas, my favorite city in the world. But uh, I will give credit where credit is due. When you have a franchise like this that prides themselves on diversity, that is very important. And look what's been going on in the past year and a half almost with the way we've been talking about racism and social injustice and how comments like these are not okay. I mean, they're, they're really not. And I, I'm, I'm telling you guys as someone who has been on the receiving end of, of a lot of these comments, certainly not okay at all. Um, things need to be done about that. It doesn't mean your free speech is being taken away. You can still say whatever the hell you want. But never in the Constitution does it say you are protected from consequences. And if I'm wrong, please let me know. Like I said, I'll delete all my social media if you guys think that is um, incorrect what I'm saying. But it's not. Uh, at the end of the day, you make some of these absurd comments, you are going to suffer the consequences. That's what happened to John Gruden. Um... This isn't cancel culture, folks. And by the way, Matt Walsh. I don't know who Matt Walsh is. I never heard of Matt Walsh before this topic. But he tweeted something, and a couple people showed me his tweets, and I had some interesting responses to this, to which no one could debunk. Matt Walsh wrote, and this is word for word here, uh, in response to John Gruden quitting, the NFL employs domestic abusers, murderers, and drug addicts, but John Gruden has to go because he's a white guy who used insensitive language in private emails. Uh, okay, private emails, sure, but they were also work emails. And let me just say this: what if it? I mean, what if it was not done with a company email address? Does that really, honestly, matter at the end of the day? Uh, I, I mean, this guy says he loves the Raiders and he bleeds black and silver. Well, you just spat on the organization that you worked for and you said you loved because they pride themselves on diversity, something you obviously were very unaware of. And at the end of the day, this whole thing with Matt Walsh tweeting about uh, domestic uh, abusers, murderers, drug addicts, he didn't mention, I mean, okay, 
I mean, it doesn't fall under the category of drug addicts, but there have been a lot of players who have been uh, suspended for because of DUIs, right? Let me just start off here. I know what he's referring to. He's referring to people like, uh, by the way, I mentioned this on Facebook and I cleared myself up and people understood once I provided clarification. Please understand, I'm not saying these people need to be put on a death sentence, all right? Because I do believe in second opportunities, all right? But hear me out here. Uh, Mike Vick, obviously one of the players who uh, Matt Walsh is referring to, right? I mean, what what Mike Vick did was unforgivable. Uh, you've got people like Ray Lewis. Now, he was not found guilty, but... I mean, that's one of those things that kind of hangs above his head, right? Uh, as far as domestic violence goes, I mean, wow, this is unfortunately a common thing in the NFL. Uh, one of the more notable incidents, and this one got compared to Ray Rice. The difference is Ray Rice never got a job after this. Kareem Hunt was caught on camera. We saw what he did, right? And by the way, these kinds of things have been going on for years. It's not just Kareem Hunt in recent memory. It's been going on a long time. And let me say this. I know I, a lot of Chiefs fans know what was the outcome with the Tyreek Hill investigation where he was abused of uh, child abuse. There are a lot of non-Chiefs fans who don't believe some of the facts that were reported. And there are some non-Chiefs fans out there who are fully convinced that Tyreek Hill got away with child abuse. You know what? Let me just go with that for 30 seconds. Okay, you, you, Some people out there think Tyreek Hill got away with child abuse. All right. Let's just go with it only for 30 seconds here. So you knew about Mike Vick and what he did, right? You knew about guys like Kareem Hunt. He was caught on camera. Uh, Tyree Kill, you're convinced he, he got away with child abuse. Nobody boycotted the NFL because of those incidents. Nobody boycotted the NFL because of so many players getting arrested, getting into violent altercations, getting DUIs. But when players peacefully protested, people pretended to boycott Oh, by the way, they signed a massive $110 million television deal, so they're doing just fine with that. And their ratings are off this year, uh, up from last year, too. So, two years in a row, the ratings are up. Anyway, but you get the idea. People were outraged and fake boycotted this whole, the, the NFL, because of the protesting. So, people were upset about protesting and then they decided to say, well, they also have abusers and so-and-so. Okay, but you weren't saying that beforehand. Like, this was, like, the NFL players getting into trouble, that's been going on way before we saw the first protest from Colin Kaepernick, right? But for whatever reason, what Kaepernick did was far worse than what Greg Hardy did, who got back into the league despite the domestic violence he committed. Nobody, nobody wanted to boycott the NFL because of Greg Hardy. Nobody got outraged because of Greg Hardy, but they they were outraged because of Kaepernick. So if you're going to come on here on social media and feel so sorry and so bad for John Gruden, oh, poor John Gruden, he got paid $10 million a year to suck for the Raiders, and now he got, quote-unquote, canceled. Oh, but you're going to be outraged about what players did during peaceful protests. And you were not upset about some of these violent acts from NFL players in the past or DUIs, drugs, whatever. And by the way, when I said that, uh, that opened a new can of worms. People were saying, well, players need to protest at their own time. Uh, folks, players have done anything and everything. They have kneeled. They have spoken outside of the NFL. The NFL, uh, there were several black players, uh, Saquon Barkley, Patrick Mahomes, Tyron Matthew, Odo Beckham Jr., Deshaun Watson. So many black players in the NFL spoke up just a couple of days after the George Floyd incident. They put together a Black Lives Matter video. Uh, that was their own time. That was not during the national anthem. That was not. They were not kneeling on the field. That was their own time in their own homes. They recorded a video and they put it together. They still got crucified for that. They got criticized for it. LeBron James made a comment about Donald Trump during his own time. And he was told, shut up and dribble. The same person defended Drew Brees, who had his opinion on standing for the anthem, and said, Drew Brees is allowed an opinion. 
So listen, we are being selective, and obviously it depends on political stances as to whether or not someone is allowed to talk about sports or not. By the way, LeBron James, who was once told shut up and dribble, he's recently been praised by the same group because he has a stance uh, against vaccines, saying that uh, NBA players should not be forced to get it. Uh, And listen, look, I'm not here to tell you you should or shouldn't or the NBA should have a mandate for that. What I'm here saying here is the same people who told LeBron James shut up and dribble. Well, it was one person, but everyone got behind her for saying that conservatives, that is. uh, They're now calling LeBron James courageous because he spoke up against the vaccine mandate. Where's the consistency here? Where, what, what What's going on? Shut up and dribble went away, didn't it? See, it only works for certain cases. People say, well, uh, John Gruden's allowed to have an opinion. Yeah, he's also allowed to suffer the consequences for it. And like I said, I know I got off topic there, but those are some of the responses I got to that. And when I had that response, when I told people that LeBron James, he spoke during his own time. Uh, those NFL players made a Black Lives uh, Matter video during their own time. They still got criticized for it. So it doesn't matter when they speak up or protest. They're still going to get criticized. Doesn't matter, right? I'll just prove that to you guys. By the way, Colby Covington, who was a proud Trump supporter, and look, good for him. He can do whatever the hell he wants. I don't care. In his UFC uh, interviews like and press conferences and uh, in uh, post-fight interviews during UFC broadcasts, He's brought up Donald Trump and praised him. No one tells him stick to sports, do they? The same people who say that to LeBron or to Patrick Mahomes, whoever, they never said that to Colby Covington. Uh, Why? (laughs) Why not? We know why not. We know why not. It's obvious. It depends if you agree with that person's stance. If you agree with them, hey, they can speak as much as they want. If they don't, if you don't agree with them, if you have a different stance than them, well, then they need to shut up and dribble and stick to sports. Folks, I'm just calling out the hypocrisy. I'm just saying it how I see it, all right? Don't be mad at me. Don't be uncomfortable because I'm speaking the truth here. People get very upset about that, by the way. Very, very upset. So the circle back to John Gruden because... There has been this whole thing about, hey, look, and listen, Matt Walsh makes a good point. Yeah, there are some NFL players who have done some terrible, terrible things. Why were you not boycotting back then? You boycotted for a peaceful protest, but not back then. So I can't, while he makes a good point, I can't buy that you're totally outraged for that because you truly were not outraged back then when these things were happening. And these have been happening for years in the NFL. We know no one's boycotting because of that. And please understand free speech. Free speech does not protect you from suffering the consequences. And when I say that, people get all upset about it. By the way, last thing I'll say about this, because I got a couple of people who um, who said this as well to me. Actually, it's funny. Someone told me that his emails were taken out of context. <laughs> and I said, how? I just asked how. I said, show me. Show me how they were taken out of context. And the response I got was, if you uh, don't know how they were taken uh, uh, out of context, then you're a moron. So I responded back and said, okay, show them to me. It sounds like it's an easy explanation, so it shouldn't be hard to do. Show me. Uh, That person decided to block me when I said that. And listen, I don't care if you want to block me. I do it too when people want to. I don't do it when people ask me a question, though, for me to prove my point. I do it because people act like idiots online. Uh so, yeah, uh, I, I, all I did was ask, was ask for someone to show me how the uh, Gruden emails were out of context. If anyone does have the answer as to how the Gruden emails were taken out of context, you guys know how to find me on social media. So let me know. Let me know about that. Uh, hey, listen, he got what he deserved, all right? You say these kinds of unforgivable things, you should suffer the consequences for them. All right, I want to talk about John Jones here. Because for those who don't know, John Jones, phenomenal UFC fighter, never has, well, he, he, he has lost one fight, but that was because he disqualified himself using a move that uh, was not allowed in an MMA fight. So he's never been beaten before. The only person he's beaten is himself in the cage. He has beat himself quite a lot outside of the cage. And listen, as I said before, I do believe in second chances. People do deserve another opportunity. This guy's gotten plenty of opportunities, folks. He has been stripped of the title 
three times. One because of a hit and run incident with a pregnant woman. And it sounds a little worse because the a pregnant woman was involved in that. But still, hit and run, not good. Also stripped because of two banned substances uh, leading up to UFC 200. He held the interim title at the time. Which was a big deal because they were going to unify it at UFC 200, a milestone event. Uh, boy, the UFC was outraged about that. They were pissed how much they put into that milestone event just to lose their main event. Um, let's see. Oh, and uh, UFC 214, uh, another banned substance, he got stripped. After he won the belt at UFC 214, he uh, tested positive for an anabolic steroid, and he lost his belt again. So this guy has been stripped of the title three times. Oh, by the way, he failed a drug test at UFC 232. But rather than canceling his fight, because it was in Las Vegas, in the state of Nevada, they moved the entire event... that. Banned substance was allowed in the state of California. On six days notice, they moved the entire damn event to California. And I think Burbank says be specific. I can't remember exactly. It's somewhere in the LA area, Orange County. Six days notice, they moved the entire event because of one guy who tested positive for a banned substance in Nevada, which is allowed in California. So the UFC has really, really gone out of their way to give this guy so many chances. Well, here's the latest, and this is by far the worst. He keeps saying he's a changed man, but he's not. He was arrested on uh, the 24th of September around 4.30 a.m. for assault. Uh, That's all we knew. A few days later, we later learned that uh, the details that came out, he pretty much beat the shit out of his fiancée. Which was evident because police saw blood on the bed sheets and on her lip, bruised lip uh, at the hotel. And the security guard at the hotel noticed the bruised lips. Uh, the his, his kids. He did it in front of his kids. And the kids w- were the ones who begged security to call 911. I mean, that's just inexcusable. And this is the guy who was asking $15 million to fight Francis Ngannou for the heavyweight title. Man, I'm telling you, I'm telling you the UFC is so glad they never gave it his way. Because they have done a lot of favors for him. They keep giving him multiple chances. He's been stripped three times of the title, so that's evident. And then they moved an entire event because of him on six days' notice. That is logistically far from ideal. But they did it anyway, just for John Jones. And then John Jones on Instagram posts on his story uh, of himself lifting weights. And in, with the music, he's playing um, You've Got a Friend in Me by Randy Newman which was obviously used in the Toy Story movie. Dude, you are clueless. What are you doing? You just beat the hell out of your fiance, and you are on Instagram saying, oh, I got to get back on track, time to rebound, and you're lifting weights playing You've Got a Friend in Me by Randy Newman. This guy, not only does he keep saying he's a changed man, but he's his most recent incident is his worst one to date. Like at some point, listen, my friend, Jason Brown, who hosts a slapdick podcast. Um, and he was featured on uh, last chance. You, he said, look, you can't save everybody. doesn't matter how much you try to help them. And I'm sure John Jones has had people try to help him. His agent manager, the UFC, the UFC brass, whoever, he just keeps making these same mistakes over and over again. So he hasn't learned from this. He was testifying in front of the Nevada State Athletic Commission and was saying how much he was a changed man, but he's not. He keeps doing it. And I hate to keep piling on, but it's like, man... You just beat the crap out of your fiance in front of your own kids. Like, you've had so many other incidents in the past, and this is the worst one to date. I mean, listen, Kareem Hunt, had a, he had the domestic violence. Or I don't know if you call it domestic. There was violence, okay? He was, in, he was involved in some sort of incident where police came up uh, to the bar that he was at. Nothing happened that we know of. 
And then he got pulled over for uh, possession of marijuana. Like, okay, at least he wasn't, like, doing the same thing last time, committing violence, right? Because he had three of those incidents that got him kicked off the Chiefs. The one where video surfaces, the one that uh, got him in trouble because he, he claimed none of those things were true before. Anyway, you get the idea. At least Kareem Hunt... He, now, he's, he's stayed out of trouble for a couple of years now, but even when he did get in trouble again, it wasn't the same thing. It was something less extreme. John Jones, his incidents keep getting worse. By the way, the UFC has a fighter named Luis Pena, who they released because there have now he's been linked to two domestic violence incidents since June of 2021. Now, it's the right move to let the guy go. But you have John Jones on the damn roster, man. I mean, this kind of reminds me of when uh, Dana White lashed out at one of his uh, former uh, uh, play-by-play announcers, Dan Hardy, former UFC fighter, saying, oh, you should never approach a referee. Well, Conor McGregor jumped over the cage and actually shoved a referee. Uh... Now, listen, I get it. John Jones, Conor McGregor, those are your moneymakers. But how many opportunities are you going to keep giving these people? (laughs) I mean, come on, man. It's kind of the same thing with the John Gruden thing. Like, here's the hypocrisy, and it's so easy to point out. Like, you don't have to be a genius to call it out. Listen, man. I hope John Jones gets the professional help that he needs because for a guy this talented and to keep messing up, it's like, what are you not getting? Or or who's not telling you something that you need to hear? I don't know, man. I don't know. Uh, okay, look, a couple of uh, quick things I want to hit on uh, and then I'll sign off here. Uh, Tom Brady returned to Foxborough uh, recently and he was cheered during pregame. Now, I didn't see this, but I would imagine the stadium isn't full. It's probably half full in pregame. Then he was booed when the Bucks took the field uh, for their first offensive series. Really? You booed the guy who brought you six Super Bowl? By the way, people are telling me, oh, well, they, you must have missed a part where they cheered him in, in uh, pregame. That makes less sense. So you cheer him in pregame, but you feel the need to boo him for his first offensive drive of the game? This is a guy who brought you six Super Bowls. If Patrick Mahomes ever leaves this franchise, the Chiefs franchise, and comes back as a member of the visiting team, I would very well damn sure hope that they're not going to boo him. Even if all he brought was to us was one Super Bowl banner. Because that's he made this city a lot more relevant. He really did. Listen, I remember when Dexter McCluster came back as a member of the uh, Titans, uh, as a member of the visiting team. Dexter McCluster, one of the fucking nicest people ever. I was very close to him at a concert once in Kansas City. Man, I am telling you, before the concert started, he took the time to talk to anyone and everyone who approached him. Uh, My brother and I approached him. We took a picture I told him, hey, man, sorry you guys are having a rough season. This was 2011. Uh, He was super kind about it. He apologized for the rough season. I remember he was doing a charity event, and an elderly woman who he was signing autographs for lashed out at him because the team was playing bad, and I was pissed. I mean, this guy is doing you a favor for this charity service here, and you are complaining about his play on the field. Like, that pissed me off, man. That really did. Because Dexter McCluster, and listen, I gave you my story about the Jay-Z. I've seen him at KU basketball games. Dude, everybody gravitated toward, like, everybody just loved being around him. He was super nice. I've heard him attending other events in Kansas City, uh, WWE events, baseball games, soccer games, whatever. Everyone has had nothing but nice things to say about him. So I was really upset when Chiefs fans booed him when he came back to Arrowhead as a member of the Titans. That really did not sit well with me. Now, listen, Kansas City, I mean, they're not 
perfect. I mean, they booed Jermaine Die when he came back. But what they did do, for some of those Royals players who brought us only one World Series, they applauded them when they came back as a member of the visiting team. And that actually made me happy to see. They cheered for Lorenzo Cain, Gerard Dyson, Billy Butler, Greg Holland, Kelvin Herrero, Mike Moustakis. Uh, he returned, uh, but unfortunately there were no fans in attendance. But the reception online was still very positive from Royals fans when he came back. Like all these players who helped the Royals become the best team in baseball, even though it was for a brief period of time, they still gave the Royals uh, the first World Series in 30 years. People cheered for them when they stepped up to plate, uh, stepped up to the to the bat to play. Uh, excuse me, stepped up to the plate to bat for the first time as a member of the visiting team at Kauffman Stadium. People cheered for them, and that made me happy to see because it's so easy for fans to hold a grudge against uh, uh, against players that leave. Man, be thankful that we got the best out of them while they were in Kansas City. I, I'm glad. So if that ever happens with Mahomes. If he comes back, I would be shocked if he got booed. I don't care if it's during pregame, in-game. I will never boo the guy if he ever has to come back as a member of the visiting team. I just can't do that. Like, this guy, the franchise that I love so much, he made me, uh, he or he made my team relevant. Hell, he put me in the tears when the Chiefs won the Super Bowl, all right? Like, I will never say anything bad about these people as long as they stay I mean they don't get into trouble off the field I mean I, 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 you never want to boo these guys you just don't um they they brought you Brady brought you six fucking Super Bowls and you booed him I mean listen Patriots fans were already booing him in his final season there so it's like well you I mean it's not your first time getting booed by these fans right I don't know um, look, uh, if Patrick Mahomes ever brings six Super Bowls to Kansas City and then comes back as a member of the visiting team with, uh, I don't know, the Vikings, I, I'm just making up a team name, the Vikings, I will be flabbergasted if Chiefs fans boo him. I could not see Chiefs fans doing that. I I, I just cut it. Six Super Bowls, if he, if he does do that. And, and happens to come back as a member of the visiting team, man, I, I would be blown away if the Chiefs fans ever did that. Listen, we got some passionate fans. Like I said, we, we listen, we booed some people. Dexter McCluster, I, I didn't think it was cool, but when it comes to at least bringing relevancy to our franchises, it, no, I don't think we'd do that. We Obviously, we welcome back those former Royals players, right? So I'd imagine you would do that if for Mahomes, if God forbid he was to ever leave Kansas City. Uh, okay, real quickly, this, this whole thing with Urban Meyer, <laughs> um, the woman who grinded on him, and he was not even pushing her away. He even welcomed it and embraced it. Uh, apparently, when he apologized to the team, players laughed when he uh, left the room. This dude has coached just five games, and he's already on massive thin ice, uh, according to some uh, insiders out there who cover the Jaguars. Look, um, it's 2021, man. It's 2021. You have to live life, even in your private manner, even in locked, uh, locked doors, behind locked doors. You got to live life like there is a smartphone on you. I mean, you just have to, right? Look, I'm not going to say names. But I do know some notable people in this area who have not been caught on camera yet. But they have said some things. And word has gotten out about those people, about the things they've said in public. I mean... Even if there's not a smartphone there, if there are enough people who witness it, they'll talk about it and say it on social media. And I know some people may not like that. I don't, because I want to see proof of those things. But it's wrong to to do that kind of thing in public and think you're not going to get criticized for it. I know his wife put out a statement online 
And people were like, well, it's none of our business. Well, then why did she say it? Uh, she was not forced to speak up on it if it's none of our business. Yeah, but people are talking about it. So that's what people are saying. People are saying she wrote a statement because people are talking about it, even though it's none of our business. If it's none of our business, which it isn't, but it happened in a public manner. And that's still not okay because someone's going to see that, especially kids. I mean, listen, kids look up to coaches and athletes quite a lot. Just because they're not parents, uh, their parents, doesn't mean they can't be role models, right? So, you see this kind of thing, and, and, you know, his wife is putting out a statement. Well, you know, she put out a statement. It's only fair game to react to her statement. Um, listen, what Urban Meyer did was not okay. Um, and by the way, I feel bad for this woman, and I don't think her personal identity has been out, thank goodness, because if it did... Oh boy, um, she would be in a world of hurt uh, online in her personal life, death threats, all these kinds of things. I mean, you guys know how it works online in 2021, right? But here's my thing with Urban Meyer. It's 2021 and you have to know that if somebody sees famous old Urban Meyer who is getting a lap dance from a random woman, damn well bet that people are going to pull out their smartphones and record this. If Patrick Mahomes is flirting with a lady and starts dancing all over her, people are going to pull out their phones. People are going to do it. So listen, if you're in looking not that Patrick would do that, I don't, I don't know him personally, but I don't think he would. My point is, especially if you're a public figure like these guys, don't do these kinds of things when you know you you can be caught on camera and it can ruin you. Uh, dude, I mean, <laughs> wake up, man. Wake up. Uh, Jaguars have a lot to figure out. They're one five, by the way. And their head coach is on thin ice. Not good. Uh, look, I, I know a lot of people know about the, uh, whole, uh, incident with, uh, Brian Laundry and his girlfriend, Gabby Pitino. I, I apologize. I don't have her name written down. I don't remember it. Okay. She's been missing since September the 11th. Uh, the fa Brian's family has been very, very silent. The sister, Brian's sister did do a TV interview, a very quick TV interview with a local station saying that, uh, she hopes she's found and comes home soon. She was very calm about it. And I'll come back to this in a moment, but details came out about how their, uh, the relationship was an abusive one. There's a body cam uh, of uh, a few weeks prior where Gabby is crying in front of a police officer. You can notice a bruise on her arm. There's also a story that surfaced that they uh, appeared to a restaurant uh, shortly before her death. And evidently the uh, boyfriend, Brian, was very aggressive with her, both entering and leaving the restaurant, was verbally aggressive with her is the, um, is the uh, words they used. And uh, they interviewed a couple of the employees at the restaurant. Um and that is what some of the employees noticed from the couple there. Uh, then suddenly Brian went missing. Even though he used a credit card at one point, he somehow is suddenly now missing. Apparently he was on Instagram Live for like a very, very brief moment, like a few seconds. I don't know the accuracy of that, but that's been out there. People are talking about that. Um, here's my thing. I do want to go back to the sister in her television interview. Unless you only talk to your family members once a month. For someone who's now missing, she was pretty calm at the time. Very, very calm at the time. So either you hardly ever talked to your brother or you knew and you just lied on television. Otherwise, you were very calm on camera talking about how you hoped Gabby would be found soon. Um, listen, uh, there are so many things that do not make sense about this, but here's what I will say. I did mention Dr. Laura Schlesinger and I have, listen, I enjoy her program. I know she's had a controversial past and I think she has put that part behind her, but you got to understand, um, she has said this many times on her program. If people are abusive in a relationship, if people are abusing alcohol and abusing drugs and doing it for a long period of time. They're not just going to suddenly change. That's only going to continue. So, and listen, I don't know the details about this relationship, but I am going to take a guess and say that there have been issues for a long time in their relationship and that he has been abusive for quite some time. We saw the body cam of her crying a couple of weeks prior. So it's not like this guy just suddenly out of the blue 
allegedly did something to her and she suddenly disappeared and died. Right? Like some, this, some stuff has been going on between the two of them for quite some time. At the end of the day, if someone's being abusive, you've got to get out of it because they're not going to change. Uh, you know, hopefully none of you guys are dealing with that, but if you are, or if you know someone who is, and if they are reaching out to you for help, uh, look, people don't change, unfortunately, um, unless they get professional help. And even then it doesn't always work according to some experts, uh, in, in the, in, in this field. So in a situation like this, and I know they were in their uh, early twenties, so they're very young. Uh, Gabby and Brian, that is, but this is why it's important as parents to, um, to have conversations when it comes to getting into relationships that look, when someone's being abusive, maybe even just once, but if it happens multiple times, that's who they are. That's not a mistake. That's who they are. And you got to get away from that because then you'll end up being in Gabby's shoes. Not good at all. Uh, listen, so many things just don't make sense, but you know, this could have been prevented had the person who's been abused speaks up, stands up for herself and says, I'm getting out of this relationship. I think the problem is so many people, especially that age are afraid they'll be alone forever. I mean, come on. Like she's a, she's a cute girl. Like the, the girl could probably get any guy she wants. Right. Um, but sometimes, especially women are afraid to be alone and don't want to go through any of that kind of thing, or they're afraid of breaking up because they're afraid of hurting someone's feelings yet. They're not looking out for themselves at the end of the day. Um, which is unfortunate because it did lead to this, by the way, I, I did forget one point earlier about, uh, John Gruden. People are saying that there are some people like Josh Allen, I guess in the past has tweeted things when he was a kid. Look, this is the time as parents to talk to kids and say, look, whatever you post on social media, if you say something completely unforgivable, it can be used against you. So you got to teach these kids at a very early age to be mature when they use social media because it is going to be on there forever. And if it's out there, it could be used against them. So... I know some people don't like that, but hey, is it a bad thing to not say bad things on the internet? I mean, come on. Common sense there. All right, real quickly, uh, I did say I want to comment about the pandemic, and then I'll sign off here in a couple of minutes. Um, look, I was in Mexico, all right? And if you were out of the country and then uh, wanted to come back to the United States, you do have to take a COVID test, and you have to test negative. So because of that, um, even though I'm vaccinated, I did wear my mask often. Because I want to make sure I do test negative and I have to, I can come back to the country and not have to stay there. Because if you do test positive, you have to stay in a hotel room for 10 days. Cannot even leave the room. They'll bring you food and all that stuff. But you got to stay in that room for 10 freaking days. I got back last Wednesday. So that would have been eight days ago. Imagine if I did test positive. I would still be there another two more days. Dude, I could not imagine having to stay there for 10. And it's not like you can watch much TV anyway because all their broadcasts are in a different language. So that would not be easy to do. Uh, now, I will admit, uh, when I would leave my hotel room and head to uh, the food court, <laughs> there were a couple times where I'm like, oh shit, my mask, uh, when I would come across someone. There were some people in the elevators who were not wearing their masks. Um, they are encouraged uh, but not, uh, required, I guess. Um, and listen, even these places that do require him, I mean, are they really enforcing it? I mean, listen, I'm seeing a lot of employees who, um, who are wearing it below the nose. I mean, come on. Uh, but that's not all I have to say. By the way, someone uh, was saying, oh, uh, you're a sheep for having to take a test. Well, I have to <laughs> in order to come back to the country. It's funny how some of you guys don't know how some of the rules work. What's required and not required. But hey, that's fine. You know, stay ignorant. Uh, those are the idiots, not me. Uh, but here's what I will say. I'm watching sporting events, right? Uh, I was watching the Vegas Golden Knights game. And all the cheerleaders, the uh, uh, 
the security guards, even people who are uh, part of the drumline for the Vegas Golden Knights, they're all wearing masks. They all have masks on. But the players don't. They're not social distancing. The players did have these um, clear see-through uh, visors on their in front of their faces last year. They're not, and they have to wear masks on the sidelines. That's not the case this year. So not only do we have full capacity with crowds, uh, the announcers are—they don't have a, a, a plexiglass in between them. They're right beside each other. No mask. No social distancing. Uh, presumably, are vaccinated. Uh, a lot of people are. Uh, like I said, players, I mean, they're not wearing masks. They're not social distancing. Some of them are even going out and about to parties, concerts, all, all these fun things, right? Going out to sporting events, seeing their own, uh, old um, stomping grounds in college. So all these things are happening, right? But for whatever reason... We're not seeing massive outbreaks. Cases are still happening. Do not get me wrong. Cases are still taking place right now. I mean, that that's not this this virus hasn't gone away. Here's what bothers me, and I wrote about this. The players and coaches are not social distancing, nor wearing a mask. The broadcasters are not social distancing, nor wearing a mask. However, when it comes to a uh post-game interview or in uh, basketball and hockey, you can do um, interviews uh, like coming off like a, a timeout or an intermission. For whatever reason, the interviewer, the reporter, has to social distance with the interviewee, either the coach or the player. That makes zero sense. And guys, don't blame the White House or the CDC or Anthony Fauci because these are all requirements from the team. The UFC is doing their interviews without social distance. Joe Rogan's going in there right next to um, whoever on the fight doing the interview with them. Hand over the shoulder and having a conversation with them about it. But in the NFL, we're seeing social distancing. Um, we're still seeing... Uh, Players with their own, these players and coaches that get interviewed after games, they have to have their own microphone and stay six, at least six feet away from uh, everybody else. Uh, one of my guilty pleasure shows, Big Brother, even though the show's gotten terrible over the years, the host, who's a massive hypocrite, Julie Chen, every time a house guest gets evicted and she interviews them, she said, she said oh, we got to socially distance, here's a seat for you. But in the finale, she's standing next to all the contestants hugging and kissing them. <laughs> what? Why does that make sense? It doesn't make sense. Listen, um, I've been for the side of safety this entire time with the pandemic. I, uh, By the way, I had a conversation with someone about this on Twitter. How the fuck this got political? I have no idea. Um, I don't view anything with uh, political goggles. I just don't. But a lot of you guys do. And I don't understand why. Anyway, uh, with that said, as far as this pandemic goes, and I'm not saying it's over because it's not, but um, we need some clarity here. Like, we're not hearing about outbreaks. People are going to concerts and um, sporting events. They're not wearing masks. Some are wearing uh, Very few are wearing, wearing a mask, I should say. Obviously, no social distancing. The players are not social distancing nor wearing a mask. Um, when they would come to the stadium, they would have to wear a mask. We're not seeing that this year. So what gives? What is the, the rule? What is the right thing to do? And I understand this is virus has been a tough one to figure out for scientists. And the, there's been new information and they've learned new things over time. Okay, I get it, man. I've... I've never dedicated my life to uh, this infectious disease. I don't. I don't know anything about this stuff. Uh, I'm trying to listen to the doctors and the experts, but some doctors with very passionate political views say different things, which is makes it even more confusing. Um, that's why I always prefer doctors who hate all politicians because those are the ones you can definitely listen to for sure the most. Um, but yeah, I mean, look. Um, 
I did not have my mask on at times when I was on vacation. I forgot it a couple of times. I ended up testing negative. Um, I would still encourage it if you need to test. I will say this. Uh, I'll be going back to Mexico in a couple of months. And I'm going to be wearing my mask a couple of days beforehand. Just because I want to make sure I test positive And can come back home on time. Rather than have to stay there for 10 extra days, right? Now, I will be going to Vegas as well shortly after that. But you're not required to take a test. So I'm not really too concerned about wearing a mask. Because uh, I don't need to test positive in order to come back. At least for now. Um, but things do seem to be getting better. Again, I'm, I'm not saying it's over. But why are we social distancing the uh, reporters and the uh, athletes and coaches? I mean, come on. Just looks dumb. Looks very, very dumb. All right, that'll do it for this episode of Farscast. Thank you so much for downloading and listening to this episode of Farscast. I'll be doing my live streams on Facebook as always, so make sure you guys follow me on Facebook and interact with me on there, facebook.com slash and I'll talk to you guys on there. Uh, I'll do. Uh, uh, we just did a Chiefs on Wednesday stream, uh, and we're, we're also doing the Red Friday live streams now, which is a new thing. And as always, I go live at halftime and after every Chiefs game. So... You guys can uh, check me out on there. Uh, Likely going to be able to put this podcast on there too. So we'll try to use that feature. I appreciate you guys being very patient. It's been a long time since I've last done a podcast. So I appreciate those who've been patient. I appreciate those who've been eager and asking when's the podcast coming back. That means a lot. Appreciate you guys. Haven't forgotten about this podcast. Trust me. Sometimes life gets uh, pretty busy. So uh, definitely going to try to get some guests in the near future. Uh, my friend Dan Shanko was supposed to be on a couple months ago, but he had some things come up. So I'm going to reach back out to him because I really want to have him on the podcast. He's a good friend of mine. And there's a lot of things I can talk to, uh, uh, Dan about, uh, for a long time. So he'd be a fun person to have on as well. We could get a lot of people on. Uh, I also have some guests on my red Friday live stream. So check that out as well. Other than that, appreciate you guys once again for joining me. Share the uh, link with your friends, the podcast links with your friends. Other than that, you guys take care. Have a good week. Enjoy yourselves. I'll talk to you guys next time. Peace.